Bangor Worldwide has been promoting and supporting World Mission for over 85 years. Our podcasts are free of charge. You can find out more about us at www.worldwidemission.org. We hope you enjoy this talk. Good evening, everyone. In keeping with the chairman, I will, I will agree, okay, Balamoni is the centre of the universe. But if anyone asks me afterwards, where's the centre of the universe, I will say Kalibagi. <laughs> no, we'll agree to disagree. No, no I'm only joking. My mum and dad live in Balamoni. It's not a bad town at all. Great wee town. I just want to read a portion of scripture before we turn to the PowerPoint to, to show what we're involved in in church planting in Santiago, Chile. And it's just a, a passage of scripture I'm going to read, and then we're going to go straight to the the PowerPoint presentation and let God's word speak for itself. It's the Apostle Paul in Romans 15 is speaking, and this is really our hearts as well. And uh, just let's read from verse 17 to verse 22. Romans 15, from verse 17 through to 22. Therefore I glory in Christ Jesus in my service to God. I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me in leading me to the Gentiles to obey God by what I have said and done. By the power of signs and miracles, though the power, through the power of the Spirit. So from Jerusalem all the way round to Aquilium, I have fully proclaimed the gospel of Christ. It has always been my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ was not known so that I would not be building on someone else's foundation. Rather, as it is written, those who were not told about him will see and those who have not heard will understand. This is why I have often been hindered from coming to you. I can say that that passage of scripture explains the situation we are in as a family. We have went into an area in the suburbs of Santiago and that's what we're going to be showing about. We only moved in there last June. Although we've been serving the Lord for the last three years with Gospel Mission of South America, in our first two years of service there, we established a local church and seen a new building put up. And as I said to the folks this morning, I'm only a baker. So you can imagine a baker being a project manager and a building construction site, maybe not a good thing. But the building still stands even today. But we really want to focus in on church planting tonight. We're maybe not the most experienced. I'm sure there's folks here, maybe from a missionary background, who have a whole lot more experience than we have. We're new at it. But you know what? So far, so good. And we're enjoying every second of it. So let's just turn to the presentation to show you a little bit about this work that the Lord has called us to in the suburbs of Santiago, which is a city in itself of six million people. Our mission is the Gospel Mission of South America, as you can see. And uh, I just want to explain a little bit about it before we go any further. Our mission was started by a man called William M. Strong in 1923. That's how long we've been working in Chile. But we also work in three other countries. We first of all started in Chile in 1923. Then in 1970, we moved, moved over into Argentina and also into uh, Uruguay as well. Our mission is a church planting mission. We evangelize the people and want to see a local church established and the local believers edified so that they can grow in their faith. The idea of a church planting mission is that you want to do yourself out of a job. You start a local work in an area where there's no work, you see souls saved, you see a little fellowship established, and then what you do is eventually you want to hand it over to a national pastor 
And then it becomes the national church's responsibility. And what a privilege that is. Just a little bit more maybe on statistics on Chile. For those that don't know, Chile is a long, narrow country in the west and the southern cone of South America. You can see the flags there as well. The population is 16 million. The official language is Spanish, but there is other ethnic languages. It's a very long and narrow country, as I've just said. It's 2,650 miles long. And at the widest point, it's only 150 miles wide. The climate, all extremes, because, of course, it's a long and narrow country. We have the driest desert in the world. It's not the Sahara. It's the Atacama Desert up there in the north of Chile. And we have the southernmost city on Earth, closest to Antarctica, which is called Punta Arenas. So there, if you didn't know that about Chile, well, tonight you've learned a little bit more. But let's just move forward to what the Lord has called us to. We're working in Santiago, which is the capital of Chile. That's not a fog you're seeing just over that city, that vast city, which is built on a valley. I know you can see in the backdrop the Andean Mountains, which are snow-capped and beautiful. That actually is pollution. I didn't know that until we were there, but Santiago is, I think, the third or fourth most polluted city in the world because it's built in a valley and it has nothing but mountains round about it. But it is a vast, vast city of six million people. Our ministry then from June 2007, February 2008, this is really something that's quite new. So we're really up to date and it will be up to date things we're going to be telling you as we go along. Our ministry is in a district of La Florida. Now I know on this map it looks complicated, but that is a map just showing the districts that there are within the Santiago, the the metropolitan region of the city of Santiago. There's over 30 um, districts within that city. And uh, the map, don't worry, I know you can't read the writing, I know it's in Spanish, but I just want to say it goes by colour-coded. And the darker the colour, that means the more densely populated it is. And the most darkest green you can see before you is, is three districts. One is called Puente Alto, one is called Maipú, and the other one's called La Florida. In every one of them three districts, we have a population of over 500,000 people. So there's plenty of people to witness too in these areas. Now, this is getting more personal. It's going to be personal tonight, mentioning people, real people and real situations. Carolina's going to help me and explain a little bit. But first, I want to mention the, the, the development that we're working in. is called the Monte Verde, which is Green Mountain Housing Development. There's many housing developments around that whole area. There's another four or five big housing developments. And there's literally thousands of new homes with young families moving into these areas. And what an opportunity we have, we feel, to start a new work from nothing. One of the biggest advantages that we have found thus far is that when we lived in the house we rented for the first two years, we lived in an area where the people had been there for at least 50 years, and we were always outsiders. But the wonderful thing is that in this new area, we're called neighbors. Because why? Because every one of us are new. And that has given us a wonderful opportunity to share the gospel in that area. We were able to purchase our own home, and we've moved into that area. I'm reading a book at the minute, How to Plant Churches. It's not the perfect way, but it's a, a way. And as I'm talking about a man who had experience in England many years ago in the 80s to start up uh, uh, churches in housing estates, council estates in England. And he said that really in many ways there's not much success stories. But yet what a wonderful opportunity there is because there's so many people in such a short space of area. I'm just going to ask Carolina to come forward and she's going to explain a little bit more about what is the ladies' ministries and how do you start and what way do you go forward when you're starting from zero. Thank you. Well, as Jonathan mentioned, 
We moved into our house in June of last year, but it wasn't really until September that the rest of our neighbors started to come in. So we were a bit frustrated at the beginning. We thought, what are we going to do? You know, there's no neighbors for us to reach. But the Lord bring them in his time. And on September, our neighbors start to come in. Now, when you start to do church planting, you're starting from nothing. You're starting from scratch. So what way do you go about it? How do you do it? We believe the best way uh, is through friendship evangelism. Let the community get to know you. How do you do that? Through different means. Uh, through go through the local mini market. We have we small mini markets around the corner from our house. Go on, go on there and get your bits and pieces that you need. Go to the local hairdressers. Not because it's the best. Now I must admit, I like better my other hairdressers, but. It's a contact, and she's right there, so that gives you an opportunity. What other ways? There's a local bakery. Just try to get the community to know you. Let them see you around. Let them see that you're part of their life as well. Now, I'm also involved, and and my daughter goes to a local school. It's only 10 minutes around from our home. And uh, I'm also involved in, in the PTA Parents and Teachers Association of the school. Now, that gives you a really good opportunity because it's a really a big school. There's lots of parents there, lots of children, and you just have the opportunity to be involved. I was able to be the secretary of, of it last year, and it really gives you a big opportunity to have contacts with the people. Now, uh, whenever I first started, I tried to get to know our neighbors, as I say, and um, the ladies of the neighborhood. So one day I was walking down to the mini market and um, I believe it was by the will of the Lord, I met this lady. Her name is Solange. I think Jonathan's going to point, point it there. And um, really through a conversation, and I'm going to go into detail because it's quite a bit of a long story, but through a conversation she says, well, where are you here from? Where, you're not from here. You're from, and I say, obviously, I'm from the Canary Islands. My husband's from Northern Ireland. We're here to start a new church where we believe the Bible to be the word of God and we want to share with our neighbors. She says, really? I would love to learn from the Bible. Would you teach me? So after two weeks, just to learn the, cut the long story short, um, after the two weeks, um, we start doing a Bible study on the Gospel of John. She uh, asked the Lord Jesus to forgive her sins and come into her life. And what a joy for us as missionaries, first starting in this new church planting, to see our first soul saved. Now, you may be thinking, well, there's more ladies. We've been given invitations through the neighborhood. There's been ladies that want to attend to this, to the uh, Bible study. Really, it's a very informal Bible study because we're meeting in our home at the moment. And we just have a cup of tea and just sit around the table and really study the Word of God. Now, this other lady on the white there, you probably don't see her very well. That's Solange's mom. Uh, Solange is the lady, sorry, that got saved. As I mentioned, and Solange's mom comes from about an hour away from Santiago. When she comes and visits her uh, daughter, she also wants to participate on the Bible study. So please pray for her. She hasn't made a commitment yet. Pray, please pray for the ladies that have said that they will come. I know as we've been away uh, so long from uh, the work there, we've been here for nearly six months now. But there's more ladies coming into the Bible study. Um, it's just the missionaries that are replacing us have told us. So please pray that as we go back now in a few weeks' time, the ladies' work will continue to grow stronger and stronger.
longer, and the more souls will be saved for the glory of God. Thank you, Carolina. Did you like that accent? I promised the folks this morning that my wife does speak with a very convincing Northern Irish accent, although she is Canarian, but she's been married to me for almost 13 years. What can you expect? Um, just want to say, you know, if you went to buy a book, I mean, I'm reading a book that says how to plant a church at the moment, but there is no perfect strategy. Why do I say that? Because God works in different ways in different places, depending on the circumstance that you're in. And one thing you really have to be, uh, uh, it's really important, and when you're starting to work, you want to be faithful to God in every part of that work. And you really have to seek him and look to him and look for his guidance. And you want him to lead the way and show you the way. Carolina Felt through the ladies would be a wonderful way to get to share the gospel through a Bible study, a relaxed Bible study in her home. And uh, that is already is beginning to work. We've already seen the first lady saved. But where's the next step? What's the next ministry? Solange, the girl that got saved, not long after she was saved, because we had mentioned to her that Sunday for us is the Lord's Day is when the disciples met. Isn't that right? The brick bread, the first day of the week. The Sunday. And uh, we told her that Sunday for us is an important day. That's when we have our meetings, normally. And she said to me afterwards, you know, Jonathan, you've been befriending my husband, but he can't come to a ladies' meeting. When are you going to start a Sunday service? And the list of the Lord was making it very clear to us, that's what we should do. And we started a Sunday service in faith on a Sunday night from 6.30 to 7.30. And uh, we're going to show you the next picture and let you see the first Sunday night service. Remember, we only had neighbors that arrived in September. The first lady got saved in November uh, the 20th. And then on the 9th of December, we had our first Sunday night service. If you can see that picture, you can see that the lady Solange is there. And her husband, Alex, is there as well. When we invited him to come, he said he would come. He's completely unchurched. He'd never heard anything before about the word of God, about the gospel. But he said he would come. Solange came to our house on Saturday night before the service and said, I just want to let you know one thing, Jonathan, that Alex is a very honest man. And if he doesn't like the meeting, he'll tell you afterwards and he'll never be back. It wasn't the most encouraging thing when you're just starting out. But thankfully, after the meeting, he approached me and he said, Jonathan, can I speak to you? And I said, what is it, Alex? He says, you know, I've never heard the word of God preached like that before. I don't know anything about God. I want to know more. Can I come back? And I said, of course you can. Now, Alex still isn't saved, but he is a man who's changing. You can see God working in his life. And we would love to see him gloriously saved because that would become then our first family in that new work. Our daughter, who is not with us here tonight, she's the little girl that's with orange top on. You can see there's a girl with a purple top beside her. Our daughter got saved when she was four. We had the joyous parents of leading to the Lord when she was four in Lanzarote. And uh, one of the things our daughter has always been is a great wee witness for God. And she's never afraid to tell her wee friends in school that Jesus loves them. And uh, she invited her friends. And the very first Sunday, one of her little friends, Grace, came from her class in school. And that was a real joy for us to see that. Also, too, one of my students who I teach in the the BI, the Bible Institute in Santiago, one of my students who could play the guitar said she would come along to help us out with the music, saying it was her first night. During that meeting on the Sunday night, Carolina takes the kids upstairs and I just do a Bible study with the adults downstairs. Thus far, we've had six Sunday night services. You might say to yourself, but that doesn't add up, Jonathan. Why? Because some Sunday nights we've went and had Bible study uh, Sunday night services and no one has turned up. And that's not an easy thing. You get your living room ready, you put out the chairs, you get the Bibles out, you get the hymn books out, and no one turns up. It's hard. But you know what? You have to keep going forward. We're encouraged so far because other neighbours have come in to our meeting. Seventeen being the most and seven's the least we've had in our six services on a Sunday. 
So we have a lot to be encouraged about. But you know, when people don't turn up, you know, of course as parents, you know, we're supposed to be, we're, I'm the pastor of that church, I have to look forward and keep going forward. You know, be mature, spiritually mature. But you know, we do get on with it. Because we know we're in it for the long run, the long haul. On one occasion, our daughter Noemi came up the stairs afterwards and she had been, about 15 minutes had passed and me and Carlina were getting on with things and I looked at my daughter's face and there was the tears tripping down her little face. You know why she was crying? Because her little friends had not come to the meeting that day. And there was my little daughter of 11 years of age. She was more concerned and had more compassion for her wee friends without Christ than her daddy, who's supposed to be the pastor, the missionary, who's the leader of this new work. God really spoke to my heart. Friends here tonight who are saved, when's the last time we have cried for that loved one, for that neighbor, for that colleague at work who doesn't know Christ? Pray for Alex. He's still not saved, but we would love to see them saved. The area we're in is a middle-class area. Alex is a supervisor in a very big uh, computer company. Fifty people are under him, literally. His wife, Solange, is an accountant by profession. These are the type of people. They're all professionals. That's the area we're in. There's many young families, as we have said, and with this we're closing. Uh, The Lord just led on our heart, as I said. We hadn't even a full year's work in this new ministry. The ladies' meeting started on a Thursday morning, every Thursday, Sunday night services, from 6.30 to 7.30. And the Lord really led on our heart, what about a five-day club? What about reaching the kids? And this is just from the development we're in, never mind reaching out to other places. So we called in some favors from some friends from our churches within the Santiago area to help us out, some young pastors and other ones who've worked with children. You can see my car is dressed up as a clown. That's right. I wouldn't get dressed up as a clown, but I let my car be dressed up. Uh, I am a clown, no, <laughs> but uh, Ms. Carlina and myself, we went round, Carlina with a big uh, speaker, you know, the megaphone, and uh, we invited the kids during the week to come along, and we had little children's music going in the car with balloons, and our kids were out giving out invitations, and uh, the kids were all excited. And uh, the first night with a five-day club, just to give you an insight, remember, this is just something new, to encourage you, this is really personal tonight. Uh, on the first night, the Monday night, this is just one part of that development, 46 children came along that first night. And I know if you can see that picture clearly, there's something else that's there, sitting around the edges of the meeting. Parents. And we had a real joy of seeing every night between 30 to 40 parents come out and listen. So it wasn't just the children that were hearing the wonderful good news of the gospel, but it was also the parents as well. On the Monday night with 46 children, the Tuesday night with 50 children, on the Wednesday night with 56, on the Thursday night with 60, and the Friday night with 66 children. And that's just from one part of the estate. But you know what? There's a lady who's in the middle of that picture. I'll try and point her out with a pointer. Where is she? There she is there. She's the president of the Neighborhood Association. You know, we always feel that testimony is an important thing. And I do say that. If you're involved in Christian work today, can I just say testimony is a big thing, isn't it, today? You know, the world is really watching to try and catch us out. Testimony is important. And Carlina went along to her and said, you know, we're going to have a five-day club. Uh, for kids uh, in, in the plaza, in the park area of the estate. Um, do we need to have a permit from the local council? She says, no. You just need to have permission from me because I'm the president of the neighborhood council. So Carolina says, can we have permission, please? And she says, well, explain to me more what you're going to do. We said, well, we're going to have, we're going to have a time for singing. We're going to have a time of memory verse. We're going to have Bible stories. We're going to have games. And we're going to have activities as well for the kids, a bit of fun for them. And then at the end of the night, we're going to give them something to drink and maybe a few biscuits. She says, oh, okay. And what are you teaching them? We're teaching them about God and the Bible. 
You know what she said? She said, I think that would be good for them. But you know, testimony is important. She came three nights out of the five to see what we were doing. And the last night she said to Carolina, I want to thank you for what you've done. You've spoiled our children rotten. But you know what you've done and what you've taught them was good for them. The owner of the neighborhood mini market on his way back, a man who's no real time for God, said, neighbor, can I speak to you? And I thought, here we go. He said, neighbor, I just want to say what I think what you've done was fantastic. Hope neighbors are going to do this next summer. Isn't that an encouragement? I believe God has opened up the doors for, for a five-day club. Uh, not only a five-day club, but what will lead on to children's meeting on a weekly basis. God willing, we go back next year. We, we plan to have one or two five-day clubs in the summer. And then God willing, what we'd like to do is then start in this new school term, which in Chile is March to December, January, February, or summer months. And we then plan to start a, a children's meeting on a weekly basis. Through the children, we can get to the parents. You know what, folks? I know this is maybe isn't a big, fantastic story. And the ministry was in and Roman Cruz of the joy leading souls to Christ. But can I say, starting something from nothing, for me so far, has been the best part of Christian service. Church planting isn't an easy walk. For our friends who are coming to come to share, Peter and Rachel, France is not an easy country. It's a hard country. But you know what? They're being faithful to God's call. And you know what? God can break through any barrier. Pray for our work. I, you know the last slide. It says, our desires are family, that in everything, God will be glorified. The more you're involved in God's work, I find, and I'm sure others here, like our brother Ricky and others, the more you're involved in God's work, the more you realize your complete dependence on him and your inadequacies before God. But yet you know God can do great things through you because he is a great God. That precious souls will be saved, that's the most important. That new believers will be edified and the local church established. Points for prayer, for more prayer partners. The need for more financial partners, the Lord knows all about that. Safety on the roads, well, that's we're coming to the end of our furlough. That was really what that was for. We're going back to Chile in three weeks' time, God willing. But that in everything, we will be found faithful before God in this church planting ministry. We're going to be at their GMSA stand along with Pauline. Uh, we're going to be showing the presentation about with, uh, with pictures of the church and the building work. And uh, also too, we'll be here, God willing, on Friday night to show the, a little presentation at the table I'm talking about, not here, at the table afterwards. But if you want to come and talk to us, we'll be there. We're approachable people. And if you want to come and talk to us, feel free to do so. And as the slide says, as we finish, pray for us. Thank you very much for your patience. Thank you. We trust you've enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to make a donation to support the work of Bangor Worldwide, please visit www.worldwidemission.org slash donate.